Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. And I'm upset that of all the superhero movies this one could could take things from, they decide to take forever from Joel Schumacher's seminal 1995 masterpiece, Batman Forever. Just no respect. No respect. No respect. At least... It'll be ripping it off until Avengers 4 is called Avengers Forever. Right. Then then I'll say that one's ripping it off, and this one's right. just quaint. It's a quaint reference. <laughs> Wakanda Forever. I mean, I'm Alex. <laughs> and this week, we're, we're talking about Black Panther. And better yet, we're not talking about The Hobbit. <laughs> An unexpected whatever. So, let's talk about a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> So Black Panther has, a, I think it's a very interesting Rotten Tomato score. Has a ninety-seven mm-hmm. percent critic score, which is easily the highest superhero movie score. Yes, and I, I'll look back well, through. Then. It might be the highest of all, anything we've done. I'll look back through everything. Huh. Yeah, it might a, be a seventy-nine percent audience score, which is interesting. Yeah, which is more than likely the result of tampering. Yeah, I guess. We can't really trust Rotten Tomato scores. It's... Yeah, audience score specifically. I mean, critic scores, that's one thing. That at least gives you a good idea of, of how people... Like, that's... For for all the conspiracy theories, critics are not getting paid. I think we should um, start our own uh, review website where, where we take... But but it's not, like, aggregate scores. Mm-hmm. I feel like we could do better. Probably. And maybe we just ignore audience scores. <laughs> We just have a little thing where it's like, submit your score, and then we just ignore well, it. Well, I feel like we, we, we could choose, like, a selection, and we will get into the movie for, in a second, I mm-hmm. promise. And we could take, like, a selection of, like, each of our, like, top 20 most trusted, like, YouTube critics, yeah. and, like, do that. Create an average score for a movie using that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So what is your best thing and your worst thing about Black Panther, uh-huh. as I look through these scores to see if this is indeed the highest? Yeah. My best thing... Actually, might be the score, which is an odd thing to go for um, for a movie that generally I do like. But the score just has a lot of personality. Um, it's the, I was just talking about this how how this and Thor Ragnarok both um, they I think out of all the movies in the MCU they have the most kind of creative and and different ideas as opposed to sort of riffs on a more generic, straightforward it's a superhero score and it's a superhero doing things where like Thor it's got all the synths going on in this movie of course it's all a very like tribal instruments and, and noises and like there's some great like hip hop kind of pulled in there it's it's oh it's it's very good um and the, the the themes they use they're they're usually very simple but they're super effective and, and just really get you into the movie um so I'm going with that my worst thing uh I guess my, my worst thing is just that the fact that this still ends up being a a largely standard origin movie um it's executed very well and there's a lot of there, there there's obviously some great stuff there's some stuff that it does i think better than any other origin movies yeah but the plot especially rewatching it it becomes apparent how like i remember watching it in the, in the theater and we got to the final act and i was kind of like oh so we're already pretty much there right yeah. like it's, this is pretty much the end of the movie um i don't know it's 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 not as maybe as efficient and maybe as as smart 
a, a script as it could be. Yeah. Like, again, there's a lot of stuff this movie does well, but it is, I think, a fairly simple, straightforward plot. Um, kind of notwithstanding the the great performance and writing and everything for uh, Killmonger. Yeah. So, yeah. There's that. So before I get into my best and worst things, um, Alien, the first one, has a 97%. Okay. Aliens has a 98%. There we go. And The Terminator has 100%. Nice. Okay. Which, I may note, if you remember, I gave that movie an A+. <laughs> right. So therefore, you're objectively right, because the critics agree with you. You said it, not me. <laughs> so my best thing, I had a couple things that I could have chosen. Um, my, my runner-up, I guess, is, is all the political intrigue and yeah. all that stuff. How uh, It was interesting comparing it to, to the Star Wars prequels. Not not just in terms of, like, a lot of the visuals are very similar mm -hmm. to the prequels. Um, and then I might get into my worst thing. Sure. Um, but also just... The political intrigue actually makes sense, and there's like consequences, and I, I can I, I can follow what's going on. Yeah. yeah, and it's not just people speaking on just these these random platitudes that don't actually yeah. matter. There's I mean, a debate about ideals. Yeah, and like how the villain and his way of thinking actually affects the hero and the, and yeah. his arc and yeah. what choices he makes at the end. Mm -hmm. That's that's all really well mm -hmm. well handled. Um. Plus, it's very, uh, of course, it's very um, relevant to what's going on today. But it's not. It's it, not blunt. Yes, it's, it's not, not blunt. It's not heavy-handed. It's it's just played very realistic. Mm -hmm. And I know we're dealing with a goofy comic book superhero thing, but mm -hmm. it, it feels real. And it, yes. it, I don't know. It's just, it's just very, very well handled. It doesn't feel like it's it's pandering or anything like mm -hmm. that. It just feels like, hey. Here's interesting motivations for these characters. Yeah. Um, but my my real best thing is just the villains in general. Killmonger, of course, he's he's one of the best. But I don't want to leave out Claw. Yes. Because sure. Claw, he's a one-dimensional cartoon character, but he's delightful. Oh, he's fantastic. And I want Andy Serkis to be a Bond villain. That's sure. And I know I a good portion of this movie is actually kind of a Bond movie. It's kind of <laughs> yeah. the angle they were going for, yeah. particularly the casino sequence, which is one of my favorite sequences yep. in the movie but I want him to be a Bond villain so bad yep. <laughs> I just I just want to see him get more live action roles yeah. out of this I would like to see them start to spin that up because I think this was a great just a little supporting performance from him and it's, it's fantastic and of course like you said Killmonger is incredible <laughs> um, Michael B. Jordan it, he it, saved it from fan four stick <laughs> yeah it doesn't it doesn't quite go to uh, Civil War lengths but I, I, watching this movie, it reminds me a lot of, of what I was talking about with Civil War, how it's sort of a flip on, on typical story structure where Iron Man really is the antagonist of that movie, even if he's not necessarily... Like, the, it, the, he's not betrayed as a bad guy necessarily, yeah. but he is the antagonist. This is... It's it's not to that extent, but there is a level of, like, where we've almost got dual protagonist and, like, the, it's, not, it's not quite as straightforward that, like... I mean, it, it does the thing that origin movies have been trying to do for so long, where you look at Spider-Man 1 with Green Goblin, and you look at, um, uh, what's a million other, I mean, obviously, like, Iron Man, yeah. the first one to an extent, with uh, Obadiah Stane, and there are other examples that I don't feel like sitting here and going through our entire backlog of superhero movies, but, like, most origin movies, they'll introduce a villain, I mean, Amazing Spider-Man would be another example, they'll introduce a villain 
that sort of the greatest movie ever correct. made that gets set up um and then comes they like they'll they'll just sort of get a parallel origin to the 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 hero yeah and then at the end they just sort of have a big fight and then nothing really like it's just like oh you're setting this up and basically it just ends up with a lot of conveniences and it, it sort of plays into a weird direction and i don't know it there there's a lot going on there that uh in, in normal origin stories that just doesn't work for i mean another would be matt mickelson from dr strange um oh yeah where it's I think that's probably a better example than some of those other ones. Where it's just, you've got the villain, the villain's kind of extraneous, but then they sort of shoehorn them back into the plot because they've set them up. There's not really a, a philosophical difference. It's just sort of... And there is one in Doctor Strange, but whatever, that's not really the point. Um, basically, they just set up a villain. The villain sort of just like run, slams into the hero at the end of the movie yeah. and they have a big fight. Um, this one, it is literally like, he's a character. He's a strong supporting character, if not a main... I mean, he's a main character, but like... Yeah, if not like one of our protagonists, like he's just he's we're following him. We're seeing how he thinks, and we're seeing why he feels he has been wronged by Wakanda, and why he feels he needs to strike out and kind of take back the world for uh, Africans and African Americans and everything. Like, yeah, like go back out and, and help his people, and it's it's a whole thing. Um, yeah, it's just it's really well done. Michael B. Jordan is fantastic. Yep, and I I, I didn't mean that as a pun. Yep. <laughs> there's such a great play between the the fact that he is very talks in very like American terms and everything and then yeah. everyone else is talking with these kind of highbrow like very uh, royal sort of you know they, their accents are all are all strongly African and everything yeah. and then he's like that that in, that play between their, their two like kind of conflicting accents and, yeah. and appearances and everything is just so good and it's just it's it's such an interesting angle to take this movie. Well, even even just like when he walks into that council meeting, and you can just tell immediately just by appearance how different mm -hmm. he is from them because mm -hmm. he's wearing like <laughs> spec ops yeah. military yeah. garb, and they're all dressed in like their Afro futuristic mm -hmm. um, royal, royal clothing. Mm -hmm. It's visual storytelling. Yep. Um, it's funny that you mentioned Doctor Strange. I don't remember anything that happened in that movie. <laughs> I remember liking it. Sure. And there's the thing with uh, Dormammu, I've come to bargain. I don't yes. remember a thing that happens in that movie. <laughs> and I know when we did it, I kept making a running joke that I couldn't remember um, Mads Mikkelsen's name in that movie. I seriously cannot remember okay, his I name have, in that movie. Yeah, I could not tell you. <laughs> I could not tell you in the slightest. Can we just recast um, him as Doctor Doom once Marvel gets the rights back? Nah, I did like Mads I feel I feel like he I feel like he we could get someone better for Doom. I like Mads Mikkelsen. Maybe not better, but better for the part for Doom. Mostly because Mads Mikkelsen keeps getting these roles in these movies where he's he's totally forgettable. And, and that's probably why I'm that. why I'm against Mads Mikkelsen is because I feel like I've only ever seen him in things where he just sort of Like I watch Casino Royale and I'm like, like, Oh he's great yeah. and then I watch Rogue One and and Doctor Strange, I'm like, Oh, they don't know what to do with him, do they? Yeah. yeah. So my worst thing about Black <laughs> Panther um, I have a lot of small problems with this movie. Um, there's not like a big like chink in the armor like that's its fatal flaw. Mm -hmm. There's there's nothing like that. But I feel like just the CGI is just not up to snuff. Um, in certain places it is. It is it's probably like a half and half type thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I'm thinking particularly about like when T'Challa walks out onto the waterfall and he's fighting Mbaku and. You see all the people up on the, the little rock face yeah. or whatever, and it just 
It does not look real. Yep. It looks like they've all just been it, it put in there after the fact. Yeah. Uh, in that particular scene, that was the same sort of connection I made when mm-hmm. watching the movie the first time. And then I think the the big fatal um, issue with the the CG comes in with the the third act. Um, the third act's very simple, almost too simple. Um, mm-hmm. I'm I'm not we'll sure how, I'm not sure how I feel about the third act. Uh, it's very standard, but mm-hmm. the CG like the the rhinos don't look particularly. The rhinos good. are the big thing for me. Um, I absolutely loathe um Killmonger and Black Panther's final fight because sure. it's just they're cartoons fighting each other and occasionally like their masks get taken off. Sure. But just I, I don't know. They're like in a completely CG environment. Like none of it looks real to me. Yeah. And also the fact that for most of the movie, it's the same problem I have with, with Tom Holland Spider Man where they do CG costumes. Mm-hmm. And I can totally tell, like, it, yeah. the, the costumes themselves don't look very real. Mm-hmm. And and even the, the final scene where Killmonger's, you know, uh, T'Challa takes him out so he can look at, at the sunset. Yeah. He's like, man, that's beautiful. I can tell the costume he's wearing does not look real, along with the background not looking very real. Right. And I think it's just, Ryan Coogler's just, he doesn't have much experience with, with effects-driven films. Because, yeah. like, uh, Fruitvale Station... A, a very grounded movie and, and uh, Creed. Creed very yeah. much the same. Yeah, that that was my thought. I was like, it's his first first uh, take on a big a big blockbuster like this. He's gonna it's gonna take some getting used to. In the same way that oh, there was there's another example that I always think of. I mean, well, really, I mean, one obvious one would be to point to watching the Russos sort of get more of a handle on on effects as they go through. Yeah, like you're talking about with Spider Man and Civil War versus. Um, Infinity War where I feel like generally everything looks mm-hmm. very very well done I mean Thanos is amazing in Infinity War um, I don't remember having many uh, CG problems yeah. with that where I Civil War I had yeah, several I, I think I think it has a lot more to do and, and another one would be like we talked about way back when with Transformers with Michael Bay how the first couple of those Transformers movies it kind of feels like he doesn't know how to set up his shots not because that, it, it, not that the CG on them is necessarily bad. Yeah. In some places it is. Yeah. But that's I mean, with these big budget movies where you're just having like thousands of effect shots, some yeah. of them are not gonna yeah. look that great. But it seemed like there is a big issue where he would film things without. Am I really throwing having, a bone to Michael Page? Oh, a little God. bit. Yeah. It feels like it there, he would film things where it seems like he wasn't quite sure what the composition of the shot would be once you added the giant robot and therefore things look very close up and things yeah. weren't didn't have much room to breathe and it feels like by the third one he actually did really well in that and we actually think that's the best out of all those movies um because i mean as far as good as you can get with those movies we should not go back and watch that probably not it would probably not but at the time we were very surprised because it does actually look really really good in some places um and that's sort of how i feel about this i'm I'm not gonna like harp too much on cgi because i'm just like yeah probably could have been better i mean it's it's i think it's more just because that, that's the other thing, too, is that people will say, oh, there's just too much CGI going on. And it's, yeah. it's more like, I think a lot of the times it has less to do with that and more to do with not knowing how to use CGI effectively. Mm-hmm. And I think that, because, I mean, there's going to be a Black Panther 2 directed by Ryan Coogler, I would assume. I mean, I, Considering I, how much money this made, I, I well, can't see Well, there's going to be a Black Panther 2. I'm, I'm assuming Ryan Coogler is going to direct it. I, I because that seems to be their, their approach to movies yeah. as a late, the MCU's approach. Um but yeah, so I I feel like that's probably going to be much less of an issue in the next one, assuming that does happen, which I'd be very surprised if it doesn't. Anyway, um, for, I was for, going somewhere with that. For <laughs> me, for really, it. it's it's just the fact that 
having them just wear these these ridiculous computer generated suits yep takes away the very personal feeling that fight's supposed to have and it's supposed to be like down and dirty mm-hmm. and that's partly because this movie the violence to a certain degree feels very disneyfied mm-hmm. where we're not willing to have blood like killmonger's holding the the dormilaji person hostage and mm-hmm. just slits her throat and it's like there's nothing yeah. and she just falls to the ground I'm like what is this like a middle school play like <laughs> come on we need something yeah. or, or don't put her in that position yeah and then like you know they're stabbing people with spears and stuff and there's no blood yeah. and i'm like i i know we have to try and be a little more careful with that because it's a pg-13 movie but we've seen movies that have blood in them and they, they yes. get away with it yeah it's tasteful is what you need to go for yeah um well, it, it, it takes away a sense of consequence. Well, you even look at Infinity War. Spoilers, I guess. You should have seen it by now. Skip skip ahead 20 seconds if you haven't. Um, but it, when Gamora gets pushed off the cliff, and yeah. there's a shot that lingers on her with green alien blood well, spreading around her head. Well, it, it's a thing with the MPAA, I believe, where it's, it's where, red yeah, blood. Okay. That's the focus. Interesting. Um, okay, so that so maybe that's a yeah. reason. Or that's... Yeah, okay. Um, well, even like R-rated movies, like in, in in the first Kill Bill movie, there's a whole scene that that goes black and white because uh, Uma Thurman's just like eviscerating mm. people, and there's blood all over the place. And apparently, from what I understand, Tarantino was told to tone it down hmm. because it was just so bloody. So, so he turned it black and white, and, white. That's yeah. pretty cool. and you can't tell the difference. I've never seen those movies. Yeah, yeah me too. We should consider at some point doing director series for directors who haven't done like a ridiculous number of movies well quentin tarantino's movies technically all take place in the same universe that's what i'm saying we should we should look into that as we kind of circle as the, we run out of things yeah circle to the bottom of the barrel for uh some of these i don't know some of these there's, 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 there's quite pl- a few there's quite a few we need to get through there's but, still plenty to do. yeah that's something to think about um anyway uh but that is something that final fight between them is something interesting how that i i was talking to you about this during the movie that so we have the setup with the first fight where where T'Challa fights M'Baku mm-hmm. and that's like a, it's like all right here's we kind of establish T'Challa's fighting prowess and we've, yeah. we've seen we we're, we're it's he's earning his kingship or whatever like it's a nice oh he's confident just, without the suit yeah it's a nice intro to sort of the the rituals and the tradition and the the enmity between the two tribes and everything well they're the M'Baku the Jafari tribe words and uh right Jabari Jabari sorry um I'm, I'm not going to be any help to you here. <laughs> and them and the other three tribes. Um, and then... I can't so, remember Lashif's name in, in Doctor Strange. You can't expect me to remember enough, all the names in this. I mean, I don't remember either. Uh, the, I'm, I'm a simple man. Um, foreign words confuse <laughs> me. Wasn't that the episode where we did the giant joke about how like we just listed off like 20 names at the beginning of it? Yes. And now we don't actually remember. But anyway. Um, yeah. Anyway, you've got that fight. It's on the Kylo water- Ren. Sure, it's on the waterfall. That's his name, Doctor Strange, believe- right? It's they're on the waterfall. It's a fight on the waterfall. They have that. That's an establishing fight. Um, then we get the second fight where we show. Okay, this is this is a good example of, of how Killmonger is really good at what he does, and like he's a great fighter. And so he he defeats um, T'Challa, and then it's the whole thing on top of that of like T'Challa's heart's not really in it because he's he feels betrayed by his father as far as his father leaving this kid to, to yeah. just fend for himself and. Like all this, like he he's he's very shaken emotionally, yeah. and so it's interesting that we get two waterfall fights. The first one towards the beginning of the movie, the second one around the middle, kind of second act turn maybe. Um, but then the third one happens on the bridge with like 
all these CGI suits going on and stuff. Yeah. And it's not really a parallel. Mm-hmm. And it really feels like that should be... I mean, you you don't need to have them go back well, to the waterfall. There's a little bit of a parallel, because at the very end, uh, uh, Killmonger's about to push T'Challa off the edge. Okay. Maybe I missed that. So it's supposed okay. to be like, oh, it's like yeah. the edge of the waterfall, yeah. I guess. But I feel like you can set structure that fight better to where it's more of an obvious thing. Uh, it doesn't need to be super obvious. It doesn't need to be super, like, exact same thing, but it should be similar. Yeah. And you also, yeah, you were talking about the fact that in, in his death scene, he's they're, whole, they're still wearing all the suits, and they all look kind of weird, and yeah. they're very CGI. I feel like it would have been much, much better if during the court... Because you mentioned that it would be better if that, once they, like, had the Sonics kind of go through, if those just, like, destroy their suits. Yeah. And so the then, suits are gone. So then they were back to fighting, like, one-on-one. Yeah. And then that would be a very cool little setup where it's just like, okay, they're... And I, it, I do like the little neat thing of him stabbing Killmonger before the suit has a chance to form around it. Yeah. That's a neat little little idea. Um, but I feel like it would be more effective to have them back to hand-to-hand fighting. Yeah. Um, they both have the Black Panther power at that point, so it's 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 not like you need to like take one of them back down to human level. Like they're both they're both super powered. And then yeah, at the end, if they're if they're standing out on that cliff, they're underneath a giant yeah. panther suit, and they they're holding each other, and they're. You know, they're shirtless and everything and they're bloodied and, and bruised and dirtied up or whatever like i feel like that's just a much more powerful this visceral eviscerating visceral scene uh as opposed to they're still they've still got these kind of like c- cgi stuff that takes us out i feel like it'd be nice to get back to grounded yeah. roots for the end of that um not a huge deal but it, i think it, it so what you're telling me is my weird focus on like like hero villain fights is actually justified this time yeah no i would agree I'm not saying you're not justified most of the time. You just have very I just felt minute <laughs> well, issues. The, the, the standard I hold it up to, and this is the best one I've ever seen, yeah. is is uh, Green Goblin versus Spider-Man at the end of the first Raimi movie. Because that fight is bloody. Yep. Spider-Man gets half his mask blown mm-hmm. off and there's blood. Mm-hmm. As far as the action goes, at least. As, as far as the action goes. <laughs> that, that movie's very superficial. It's very standard. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very set, cookie. Set very, the standard. Very, I mean, it's cookie cutter. because Very it literally... cookie cutter. But that scene in a vacuum is excellent. That's yes. like A plus one of the best superhero yes. fights I've ever seen. Yeah. Exactly. And this uh, could have used a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit of grit. Mm-hmm. A little bit more. Or a lot of bit more. <laughs> so, well, should, should we go ahead and get, get, get this out of the way? I was gonna, yeah. I was... Do you think this is one of the best superhero movies ever made? I personally do not. I would make the argument that if we're one... talking about like top ten, I would not put it in the top ten. It probably wouldn't be in my. T- <laughs> I feel like this is this is. I think I can make the argument that it's one of the best origin movie, superhero origin movies ever made. I don't consider it an origin movie very It really... Much, it, the structure of it is, a, is beat for beat. An the structure movie. is an origin movie, but it's not actually an origin That's what movie. I'm referring to it as, though, is it's the, fir- it's the first movie the character gets. I mean, you would say Wonder Woman's an origin movie, right? Yeah. I know that that's where the well, character that's, gets... Well, that's her becoming a superhero. I know the character gets the powers, but we've already been introduced to the character in that universe. Like, it's the same... Uh, that is how I am... But per- that's in the future. I realize that. But I'm, I'm saying from a structure standpoint, okay. we are introduced to the character, we're introduced to them developing as a character it's their first movie they're coming up with a villain who makes them at least ideally in most origin movies this should happen makes them consider their their ideals and makes them then rethink their their principles well also it's it's, it's a movie where the 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 villain is like the the mirror image of the hero even down to they're wearing like the same costume and i'm not questioning it like i'm not going oh that's just really cheap yes because it makes sense because they're they're fighting over the title of black panther exactly um and so that's 
that's my approach. It's like, I, I would consider this an origin movie, and on that scale, if, if you are considering it an origin movie, would you say, would you agree, at least as far as the execution of the origin movie structure, a lot of a lot of which relates to the fact that Killmonger is just so good. Yeah. Would you agree that that is, that it, by that criteria, it's one of the best origin movies? Probably, yes. Yeah. So that's that's my that's my thinking. Um, I don't again going back to you, the plot is kind of simple, kind of straightforward because it is it, it does follow an origin movie plot. Yeah, the character starts to to sort of expand their horizons. They get taken down for one reason or another. They they you know they they have a, a downturn where they they re- they question everything they are as far as their heroic. The parallel with Dark Knight Rises is interesting. Yes, as well as Rocky Three. Yeah. Sure. Um, the ultimate man versus <laughs> the ultimate meatball. Um, but yeah, overall, getting back to the point, I wouldn't, I, yeah, I probably wouldn't put this in my top, I, it might make my top 10, but when it definitely wouldn't be like top five superhero movies. And the reason for that, I think, has a lot to do with the fact we're both white males. That's, yeah. Um, not to, like, the, I, I think it's hard for us to. I, we both, I think, you, you very much understand the significance and the importance and how awesome it is to have this movie exist. Yes. like Very much in the same way as Wonder yes. Woman, although I think this one maybe has even greater cultural yes. uh, significance. Well, that's an interesting comparison, too, because... Just because they came out so relatively too, close yeah. to each other. Um, but because it is... There is something to think about there as far as Wonder Woman is very much... And I appreciate that it does this, but it's very much... The, the, the big showstopper scene is she's you know she's super superhero female and she is she saves take, the day yeah ta- the, the i'm specifically talking about the uh, the no man's land scene yeah she saves she, the yeah, day. She, saves, she's saves powerful the she she refuses to step down and she stops the the, the world, world war one or two, world war one not nazis the germans um she takes she takes out you know saves the town and everything and then everyone Excellent claps scene. for her like she's superman or something because you know maybe she's actually better superman what um <laughs> and yeah it's it's a very powerful scene great scene it's it's, it's empowering it's we're finally seeing a, a, a female character female hero you know getting yeah. their their moment in the sun to really shine and just like like really inspirational yeah this movie however actually it, it takes what could it could have done that i think fairly easy and been like oh yeah he's awesome he's he's it's awesome awesome african-american dude and he's he's going out he's he's well, I guess he's just African, right? Yeah, come from, yeah. So, but the, the actor is African, person of color. He's he's, he's yeah. you know taking charge. He's he's going crazy on on the villains, and the bad guys, and like, yeah. oh, it's awesome. He's really he's really taken on. I, I should probably say I like this more than Wonder Woman. Yeah, um, I, I probably I, agree. I think this is a better movie than Wonder yeah. Woman. Uh, I yeah, um, similar problems though, which is interesting in in some ways. Yeah, uh, Wonder Woman just doesn't have the the villain to to make up for some of this movie's shortcomings as this movie does um no it does not <laughs> and the but this this one it's it could have done that i think to some extent but instead it it's very much a conversation about how there's more to it than just having the character be a character and they're yeah. doing something cool and it's, it's like it's here's not... someone you can look up to it's it it takes that deeper yeah. and it looks into the principles and the the as like just it's all the politics stuff and it yeah. brings all that into play and it talks about like and it what is the role it of a challenge, hero like it this. challenges not just T'Challa's philosophy but his whole culture's philosophy yes. yeah 
and he does end up making the change at the end. Like, I love the scene where, where he goes back into the, the spirit world or mm-hmm. whatever it's called so he can, can mm-hmm. talk to his father again. And he's like, why did you do this? Yeah. And, and his father's like, I chose Wakanda. And he's like, and he's looking at all of his ancestors. He's like, all of you are wrong. Yeah. I have to fix this. Yeah. Like, I, I Probably his best scene in the movie performance-wise. Like, it's just a great, like... I, I feel like this movie, even though it's called Black Panther, I don't feel like Chadwick Boseman gets all that much to do. Yeah. Well, I, it's it's really, it is, because that's kind of what I was going back to, where it really, I think the focus is almost more on Killmonger at some points, where it's really about him is, reacting well, to this funny. character, because... I don't feel like it's enough on Killmonger either. <laughs> and I feel like... I don't well, know what else... Well, I, it's me personally, I feel like a lot of the fat can be trimmed from the supporting sure. characters. I feel like you could kind of combine some of them mm-hmm. and give more time to both Killmonger yeah. and T'Challa. Okay. That's just me. Um, but yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like I feel like all that stuff comes through strongly yeah. enough that I don't need to... Trimming the fat in terms of making it more efficient and making it yeah. a, a tighter script is one thing. I, I think as far as the actual philosophies and principles and everything, I think we get enough of that I think that that, okay. kind of, that shines through really well okay and to be fair like in the Dark Knight the Joker and Batman don't get that many scenes to interact yep. so, so mm-hmm. it, like they don't need tons of screen time for us to, to get their philosophies and why they're, they're, yes. they're um, and why experiencing someone with this philosophy can change their character yes once they do finally interact but overall like I understand that the cultural significance however mm-hmm. it's we, we're not going to be hit in such an emotional place that's that that other people are yes. going to be hit just because we are heterosexual white males. Yes, like, and I uh, similar with Wonder Woman for me at least. I know you mm-hmm. you really like that movie mm-hmm. quite a bit. Um, but and it's very it it is similar to Wonder Woman in in terms of like I understand that cultural impact, but I'm I'm not in terms of how I'm looking at it mm-hmm. and how I'm grading it. I'm not judging it on that. Yeah, I have to. I, I'm trying. I don't have to. I can judge it however I want. <laughs> I'm judging as racist as you feel like. <laughs> I'm judging it on the basis of it being a film and the mm-hmm. merits of it as a film, as a story, not just its cultural impact. Right. Although, of course, that's important to talk about, but that's yep. not how I'm looking yep. at it. Yep. I still think it's. I mean, it's it's not like we're we're saying that it's like a bad movie or anything. Like oh, still, it is. We still, okay, it's the that's, worst. That's fair. It's um, worse than Thor: The Dark World. <laughs> What did you give Thor the Dark World? It hurt. It hurt me to to, to say that out loud. <laughs> it physically hurt um, me. <laughs> but yeah, like it's yeah, it's it's just I. It is I think a little bit run of the mill in terms of if you if you laid this out, if it was a cast of white people, <laughs> like yeah, that's kind of. A, uh, but like I think it would be a lot. More, and it, and it wouldn't work if it was a cast of white people, of course. Like that's that's not the point, but. Thinking of an idea where it's it's still good. It's just maybe I think what's actually on paper is not as I don't know. It's better. It's it, it is I would say better than the sum of its parts. Yeah, because of a lot of that cultural impact stuff. That I'd agree with that. Yeah. Um, all that being said, I like a good bit of the uh, the uh, supporting cast. Yep, I think Shuri is one of my favorite MCU characters. <laughs> Given that she says, what are those? <laughs> I don't know how to feel about that. <laughs> I don't know how to feel about that. I remember that you enjoyed that greatly. when you were I enjoyed that movie. greatly. Uh, one of our friends was just like, oh, that's just terrible. <laughs> but then she immediately makes a Back to the Future reference. And I'm like, all right, I'm okay with this. Specifically Back to the Future Part 2. Correct. Deep cuts. 
It's interesting that they say that their father, that was one of his favorite movies. <laughs> yep. Interesting. <laughs> um, I really like Shuri. Um, I like Nakia, but I kind of feel like she doesn't get anything to do in this movie, and she yeah. probably shouldn't be here. I was you mentioned that early on, and I was kind of like, I'm not sure about that. But then there's a there's some a t- a good stretch of the movie where she kind of just takes a step back, and then well, because really... it's like, oh, they're they used to have a relationship. They don't really now anymore, and they occasionally exchange yeah. like flirtatious lines, but not that. It does really feel like she should probably be combined with, unless they're really like planning to do a lot with her in the future movies. I guess it is she even in Infinity War? No. She's not doing spy things. Yeah. Um, also, I have questions about spy things. Sure. But it, we'll get into It that. feels like she should be combined with Okoye. As far as... Mm-hmm. Um, well, just just we like, need, we get need more to... screen time for her. Yeah. Focus more on her relationship with Border Tribe guy, whose name I don't remember. The guy that betrays T'Challa. Do not remember his name. The guy from Get Out. The guy from Get Out. It's sad that that's the only way I remember him. <laughs> um, I should remember that. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to look him up. Yeah. But we should flesh out their relationship more. Because I know there's a deleted scene somewhere floating around. I've seen that. Where yeah. like they had more. They had at least one more scene. But they, it's kind of like they establish that they're together. And then they establish that he goes back on her. Like he, he pulls away from her to go with uh, Killmonger. Yeah. And then we just continue. Like at the very end of the movie it comes back into play. And so it feels like we need more of that. And so it feels like we, we could just have... Yeah, I, I don't know that we necessarily... Well, we we mainly need uh, Wakabi. That's... Oh, yeah. Right, yeah. Exactly. Um, we mainly need someone for T'Challa to bounce off his, his thoughts with. Yes. Uh, Which Okoye is mostly... But I then think we, also, we also have... Um, what's his name? I Everett can't... Ross? No, no, not Everett Ross. Um... I will remember it eventually. Um, Who are you talking about? Forrest Whitaker's character. Zuri. Zuri. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> remembering the actor, not the character. Okay. Zuri. Uh-huh. There, there's like a scene where he, he's yelling him because he's like, why did you guys leave the, the kid? Yeah. Because he, he, he realizes who Killmonger is. Mm-hmm. I'm like, and, and especially when, when Forrest Whitaker, when Zuri gets killed, yeah. I'm like, I feel nothing. They've had like one conversation. Yeah. Like there's... There's no relationship mm. here that I'm invested mm. in. Um, so maybe if you had T'Challa, like, he's the one that he's bouncing off his thought process with? Yep. And so, like, early on in the movie, you replace yeah. a lot of... Because Nikki- T'Challa just, like, he keeps having these conversations with separate people. I'm like, combine it into one. Have it yep. be like, here's the one person he trusts, and then Killmonger takes that person away from him. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, yeah, have, have her early on, her, her role early on be subsumed by Zuri and then later be subsumed by Okoye yeah. and then you've got extra screen time for both those characters to flesh them out yeah, yeah I would agree with that I think that would work better but. or even like his mother yeah have some of his conversations with his mother I feel like he only talks to her like once uh-huh. I agree I don't know a lot, a lot of the, the points where I'm supposed to feel emotionally invested, I'm like I, I don't really because I don't feel like I know a lot of these characters mm-hmm. very well like I'm enjoying the performances particularly right. Shuri um, right. <laughs> the Q scene is excellent um, right. but I, I'm just I'm just not feeling I'm just not not, not feeling engaged yeah that's fair um, yeah and then Everett Ross is in this movie I don't know how I feel about Everett Ross being in this movie um, it is you, you were mentioning this earlier um, 
Mostly because at the end when he has to do the pilot thing, and they're like, oh, you were a pilot. We referenced that earlier. And he's got to fly the, the, the Wakandan it, ship and shoot down the other ships because they're really carrying It really feels like you could just have it be he doesn't get shot in that one scene, and then he just kind of, like, exits the movie. Like, yeah. he, just, he just goes back to America. Yeah. Because um, it feels like, oh, we have to give him something to do because we have Bilbo well, in this movie. Well, this is something that you mentioned where it's like, also, and I think also I think, a scene where Bilbo and Gollum are interacting. It's I think glorious, that could be a very it's not, sure, yeah. sure. I We're connecting that, it back to the Hobbit people, right? Perfect. Uh, I think this that could be this a, will be included as a part of our Marvel Cinematic Universe review series, as well as our Middle Earth movies. So I think series. his character could could in part be um, something that they're trying to just continually build him up. Yeah, and so then. It, he shows up in Civil War. I'm just like, what's he doing here? Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying is I think they're they're going to do something where it's like even if his appearances don't necessarily like it's not it's never really like in these early movies at least are they're never really like oh yeah this this guy like he's got, he's got something great going on in very much the same vein as like the first two Iron Man movies where yeah. we get a lot of well first two the second Iron Man movies well two and three is I guess is what I'm referring to where we get a lot of development for Tony Stark yeah that we maybe ignore the fact that the movies are not that great um we just sort of are like yeah tony did like that that sits in our con- subconscious or whatever more yeah. so than maybe what the actual movie was giving us like we kind of just pull what we need out of that so that and then later on i feel like the same thing could ha- apply to this guy where it's like yeah down the line if he gets more of a expanded role then we're like yeah we're russ like he's been he's black panther's buddy or whatever like yeah that whole thing um but yeah it, it does you you brought this up how it almost feels like they're trying to maybe go for or it almost feels like he would be the character you would use to have us get introduced to this world yeah as like we follow him into wakanda and then we slowly get to like see the world built around but that wouldn't really work i think it's more effective the way it's already currently kind of set up yeah and we kind of dive right in plus Um, just just how culturally important the movie is i don't think we need like we start a, with a white, white guy. To... Here's how the white guy slowly discovers this yeah. weird African world. Yeah. Like we don't know. Yeah. That's, and so, and that's so a, it feels that's like a bad idea. <laughs> I would agree that you can probably get rid of him. He's just someone else to have in the final fight to spice it up. I guess. Yeah. Like we don't need Shuri using her sonic cannons for twenty seconds. Like we yeah. just have her do the the ship flying. Yeah. Like you're not wrong. It, it feels like there's too many characters. In it. I feel like you could remove like three or four characters from this mm-hmm. movie, and you you could streamline a lot. And the, it's not necessarily wrong. It's it, this is a very subjective thing. Mm-hmm. I I tend to prefer my movies very very lean and and tight and every like everything's there with a purpose and I understand yeah. the purpose and it's very strong. Um, I I don't like bloated things yeah. for the most part. Um, that being said, we both gave Return of the King an A plus. So, <laughs> well, that's exactly what I was about to say. Is you can have I I think this is this isn't quite straight or this is trying to strike a middle ground that isn't really there yeah. of either you need to have a very tight cast and tight characters yeah. or make it a big sprawling political epic yeah. and then maybe even introduce more characters and, and like make it a longer movie and that sort of thing. I think I think there's somewhere you gotta hit in this movie. I mean, it's this movie's closer to being tight than I think than it is yeah. being like a big, huge, uh, monstrous political yeah. epic, but that's, that's something to consider, I think, for sure. Yeah. Well, I, I just feel bad for, like, Lupita Nyong'o because, like, she's Maz Kanata in the Star Wars movies and she gets, like, nothing to do in, yep. in those. And then this, 
like she's she's interesting. I, yeah. I I do like the character. I just she doesn't get enough to do to justify her her being sure. in the movie. Sure. And again, I think it's the kind of thing where we'll say that now and like it's it's justified now. But then in future movies, they'll just build off and they'll yeah. be like, yeah, you know this character, and then they'll probably do more with him, and so it'll be like, all right, it's fine. Yeah. Because we'll just sort of take our understanding of those characters right in without really considering the fact that they didn't actually do yeah. much. Well, I was even questioning it with the, with the, the 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 second scene in the movie, I guess, after mm-hmm. the opening titles, where where Black Panther's like rescuing her and she's like in this undercover mission, supposedly like, and, and they they rescue a bunch of uh, women and I guess one guy who was just forced to fight. Um, yeah, I guess from being sold into slavery or seems, something seems like that something scene, to yeah. that that effect. And I'm just wondering. Well, first off, he he rescues her just. Because he needs her to show up to the ceremony where he's crowned well, king. I, I think it's it's largely T'Chaka is now dead, and so like that's a, that's a big deal. I feel like she she'd be upset. The idea is that she'd be upset if, if he did not stop her and be like, "Hey, something big's going down." For me, it feels like oh, we need an action scene at the beginning of this movie. It is. So we're kind I, of yeah. we'll form something. Yeah. Um. But and it is sort of like a we'll need an action scene to show, or we need an action scene to show what the Black Panther does. Yeah. most of the time when he's not fighting with the Avengers, well, and also just what his physical capabilities are yeah. to, for people yeah. who didn't watch Civil War, because this movie does remarkably stand well on its own. Yep, without that, um, there's not constant references to like, oh, remember that time Claw got his arm cut off by Ultron? What a weird thing! Yeah. Now he's got this robot arm. It's just like no, he's got he's got a weird mm-hmm. robot arm. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Like it's, we don't we don't need to show flashbacks to Age of Ultron or anything. Yeah. I like how that's that's handled. Um, I have questions about the spy thing. So Wakanda is, is this very closed-off nation, yet they have spies all around the world. What do the spies do? I don't know. I feel like that's... I feel like spy is one of those buzzwords that you get in movies where it's like... Well, specifically Nakia... She's in, like in Nigeria. Are these people related? Like, are are they Wakandans that she's rescuing, or like what's? Well, she's not really like tied up with Wakanda. Is she? Like, she she is from Wakanda. Is the idea? Does she work for the government? Like that. That's that... what I'm saying. Is they don't really. I feel like they specifically say that she's not really like okay loyal to the Wakandan government, and she's really just like. Then don't use the word spy. It confuses me because when I think spy, I think oh, you are working as as an espionage agent. Do they mention her as a spy? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I I think it's big enough that it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. It's just I I have some some minor questions about the world building. Yeah. Yeah. It it doesn't feel quite clear enough to me. I mean, because. like, uh, like I said, the, their whole focus is on tradition and being closed off from everybody. And it even goes back to, like, Killmonger's father doing stuff in California in the early 90s or whenever that, yeah. that first scene is set. Like, why? Well, again, I think the idea is that he's splitting off from... I don't think either of these characters are operating... I mean, I could be wrong about Nakia, I don't know, but I, I think the idea is that both of them are distancing, like, distance from Wakanda. They're not, they're not really, like, part of... The, the government of the organization. Okay. Yeah. So I guess the the people of Wakanda are just free to go and do whatever yeah. if they want. Yeah. Okay. Man, it's what uh, T'Challa does uh, in Civil War. He's the Black Panther. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, him and his father are off doing yeah. You political stuff, stuff, and yeah. then he gets killed. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. 
I, I, I need a bit more explanation there just to make that a little, make a little bit more sense to me. I don't know. Um, I do like that first scene quite a bit. Um, just because there, I, I don't know how, how quite how to feel about it. There's like a, a weird thing where it's like it's very it's very realistic, and then suddenly like the the like two members of the Dora Milaje show up, and they're just like in full yep. regalia, mm. and then <laughs> T'Chaka shows up, yep. and he's just in the Black Panther suit. I'm like, this is just they're like in a normal apartment. <laughs> I don't know how to feel about this. This just seems a little strange. Yeah. But when you're a decade into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it's not you, really... You learn to go with it. You learn to go with it. Um, I really like the um, scene where Killmonger um, goes into the spirit world and he sees his father back in that apartment. Yes. I really like that a lot. Yeah, that is very neat. It's touching. Mm-hmm. I needed more, more, more emotionality in this movie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, do we want to talk action scenes? Because um, I, I feel weird about a lot of the action scenes in this. I guess. I'm trying to think of... For me, I think the only exceptional one is the casino that leads into the chase. Sure. That's the, the one that I really, really yeah. enjoy. Yeah, that whole sequence is great. Um, it's just like the single shot that's panning around the casino as everybody's mm-hmm. like doing their thing. And then uh, Koi kicks the guy and then jumps off. And then it cuts back to... Charlie and he jumps up in the air and then uh, Claw hits him with the sonic cannon yep. and he's like I made it rain yeah. and there's tons of great uh, that car chase of course has quite a few great moments as well yeah um, well just like the creative thing of sure he's like in the hologram yep. car or whatever it's great mm-hmm. and then when she runs over the dude <laughs> and he's like you're doing fine you're doing great keep going <laughs> Well, just even, like, the creativity of, like, Okoye gets on top of the car, she throws the spear, it goes through the car, and then mm. because it's vibranium... It stops the car. It stops yeah, the car. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's delightful. It's, it's really creative. Great, really great little moment. I think that's one of the best uses of, of the music in the movie. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's hustling. It gets, it gets, it gets the blood pumping. Yeah. It's exciting. Uh, I feel like, particularly, like, the waterfall fights, I feel like they're not visceral enough. Um, they're more visceral than, than the finale, which we've already right. discussed, but I feel like they're not... Could be more. Yeah. Especially with the Killmonger fight, because I feel like the easiest thing to compare this to is Bane versus Batman, the first fight in Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Where you start off with that fight, and you're like, oh, maybe Batman's got a chest. I don't know. He just took out, like, tons of Bane's thugs. We'll mm-hmm. see. And then just there's just, like, a slow dread that builds up where it's like, oh, he's not going to make it out yeah. of this, is yeah. he? Whereas, I feel like the Killmonger fight, the first one, is just way too fast. It mm-hmm. feels like it goes by in, like, 30 seconds. Like, oh, I guess T'Challa lost! Yeah, I agree. I need more build-up. Be, be effective. Again, also, yeah. there's, there's no sense of, like, who's got the momentum yeah. until, like, like T'Challa got cut in the leg and then mm. he gets stabbed like immediately after that I'm like oh I guess he lost yeah um I need to see how the momentum's swaying which know? again I think goes back to Ryan Coogler trying to handle a movie this big yeah um getting used to that because obviously we've, we've seen that he's very good at fights yeah um especially one on one fights but yeah that, that's the strange thing seeing how wonderful the fights were in Creed and then here it's just 
not bad. It's, it's not, not bad. It's very competent. Yes. But I don't feel like it's got that punch that I needed to have. Yeah. So you're saying they should have been boxing. <laughs> yeah, no, I... I, I I would have taken just hand-to-hand. We didn't need the spears and shields. Yeah. Just do hand-to-hand. Yeah. Why not? But see, I feel like with the spears and shields, you can get the really nice moments where he, he like, cuts them or whatever, but then, like, you should play into that more and make that even more, like... Yeah. I don't know. Maybe a little bit more violent. Yeah, I agree. It's, uh... I even... Well, this gets into another weird problem I have that I noticed. It, it's, it's, it has to do with the editing, both in terms of visuals and sound. <laughs> We'll talk about sound real quick. I noticed there's there's a few times, particularly I think in the, the Mbaku T'Challa fight, where there's like punching effects that sound like just free public domain mm-hmm. punch punch sounds that I just I, I hear in like sitcoms. There were a t- couple times when I was like, "How much did this movie cost?" I feel like they they could make their own punching noises. Like, I mean, maybe they did, and they just wasn't was very good at it. <laughs> I don't know. That, I don't know. That, I, I, that I was just, something that stuck out to I me. And I know say, that's I, that's a very weird nitpick. That's definitely something that you would pick up on. I'm not counting off points for the movie <laughs> for that. Okay, I'm I'm throwing the movie a bone here because because okay. they okay. really they really screwed up. Normally it would be a half letter grade off. I, I, normally I'd be like two letter grades okay. off. <laughs> and I think we should go ahead and talk about the after credit scene as well. How? Yeah. The, the whole thing with T'Challa at the UN and he's like I'm alright Wakanda's we're gonna open it up to everybody and we've, we're gonna we're gonna tell you what we're all about that should not be in the credits that is a part of T'Challa's arc that is a part of the film that should not be pushed to which the is what the fifth time that's happened with one of these movies probably not quite that many but uh, uh, maybe Thor the Dark World definitely um, I remember that being an issue that's the only one I remember. Uh, Winter Soldier. Bucky going to the museum. Right, yes. Yeah, there's probably more. I don't know. I feel like that might cover it. I think... Those are two bigger offenses. I think the scene at the end of Guardians with Howard the Duck should be in the Correct. final film. <laughs> but, yeah, those are probably the two biggest offenders. Um, well... Now, this is the biggest defender. Yes, because um, this is actually, well... This is the conclusion of his arc. The, and, and they could have perfectly placed it right before the scene where him and Shuri are in California mm-hmm. at, at, at uh, Killmonger and his dad's old apartment. And they're yep. at the, the basketball court, and they show the kids the, the ship and stuff. And they, the kid walks up to him, and he's like, who are you? The only argument I can see for why I was placing the, the credits is that both... Both the UN scene and the basketball court scene both end with somebody asking T'Challa a question and it cuts. But see, I feel like that's just as, just as distracting to have it be like, oh, that's how the movie ends, and how that's after, that's how this after credit scene ends. Yeah, I think it would be really effective if it's, if it's the second to last scene. He sits, someone asks him, what can what can Wakanda provide to the world? Yeah, and then it just cuts to the the basketball hoop, the the, the makeshift basketball hoop in yeah. uh, Oakland. That would be excellent I think and then you just go on with that scene and then yeah then you you can have the actual end of the movie be someone he asking quite I think that would work just fine yeah I, I, I don't understand like the whole thing with Bucky and he's, he's just hanging out in Wakanda that felt kind of pointless to me anyway the but, teaser well it's just I think it's just supposed to be like we still remember him he's yeah. in Wakanda yeah. he, we, he didn't see him in the movie but he's still here 
It's relevant. Infinity War. Go see well, it's it. Mostly because Shuri says, "Come, you still have a lot to learn." I'm like, "What? Are, what's he being taught? Is he being taught like what's happened since he was like in an Did ice he? box? Maybe." Yeah, that's an interesting read. I was just thinking they were just teaching about Wakanda. I'm just like, hey, I don't know. It's a pretty cool place. You should learn about it. <laughs> we're making you an arm. So, uh, <laughs> least you can do. <laughs> All right, we're gonna we're gonna need a mold of of the the. The half of your arm that's still there. That way, that way, we've got a nice surprise for you. It's not going to be a new metal arm. It's totally going to be a new metal arm. <laughs> but we all signed it. The only problem is Wakandans that got fancy handwriting. You won't be able to tell whose is whose. Sorry. And now you have to learn in order to and be able to read. And now you have to learn to be able to read their handwriting. <laughs> I just want. I want the, the. Oh, I got a major nitpick. And it's my thing with languages and people speaking oh, different languages. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I keep having this problem in movies. <laughs> um, Maybe movies should stop doing them. <laughs> so the, the the movie's constantly switching from people speaking English to Wakandan. Or whatever. whatever. Right. I, don't, I don't know if it's like an actual Wakandan language. I think it language. says it in the captions. It's like okay. Zosha, isn't it? Is that it? Okay. Something like that. We'll I could be we'll completely wrong. It. We'll go with that. Um... But it's constantly switching between the two languages. And that's fine if they're talking to, like, Everett Ross or even Killmonger if he if he yeah. only knows a little Wakandan. Um, but when, when like, Nakia and uh, T'Challa are talking to each other... Yeah. What, why are they speaking English? Mm-hmm. I know, I... And I know it's... It's a movie made for American audiences. We need them speaking English most of the time. But it's more distract. Have them speak English the whole movie. Don't even bother having them speak a different language. Don't have them cutting back and forth in the middle of a conversation. I find that distracting. Do, I don't know. I, I think go one or the other. My my argument for this and the reason why I... For one, I, for one just from an aesthetic and... I don't even know what you, what, what you would call this, but like a feel standpoint yeah. I guess I, I think I really like that the the kind of setup and the I, I don't even know how to describe it. I just feel like that works very well for what they're going for with the movie as far as the, the kind of blend of the, the, the modern and the my, my argument for this would be and the reason why I can kind of just like no prize it away and just sort of let it be um, would be maybe the idea is that their language is sort of like ancient Greek in that sort of where it's it's sort of a tr- more traditional or Latin would probably be the more obvious one um, comparison, but it's it's more of a like a like traditional a historic language. It's not necessarily something that they like would use all the time, and it's it's more for. But if most of them are so I don't know focused, why the, I don't know why they would. Speak but if, English, if most but, of them are so focused on tradition and stuff, wouldn't most wouldn't a lot of them just speak that language? Well, no, I'm saying, like, it's... it's Because, like, I feel like a lot of the times when they switch that language, they're saying, like, a, a phrase, maybe, or something. Or, like, they're saying, like, it's good to see you. Or, like, I, I feel like they're using... They use phrases in that a lot of the time. I don't know. I don't know how much thought they put into it as far as that goes. But I, that would be my argument, is that it's, like, they they switch into it because... It's it's still not... The biggest offender for me is, is uh, First Avenger. Yeah. Or is it Wonder Woman? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it's worse because Wonder Woman, like I said, none of them are speaking German, and then there's specifically a scene where the Native American guy, like they're yes. trading 
they're, like they're speaking in different languages, then right. we just cut back to the German guy. That's almost worse, because at least in First Avenger, it's consistent. Just everybody speaks English. Right. All right, Wonder Woman's the worst offender. Scratch but, that. I feel good about that. That's so bizarre. The number of comparisons that you can make from this. The, as the far problem as... for me is, uh, comparing it to Tarantino earlier, he he sticks to his guns with with that. Yep. Like, in, in Glorious Bastards. That freaking, the freaking dinner scene or whatever it is. The bar scene, yeah. yeah. The tavern scene. That, I need to watch and they're, and they're switching between different languages. Like, I love... And, and when he has English, he comes up with an excuse. Mm-hmm. Like, the opening scene of Inglorious Bastards with Christoph Waltz, when he, when he uh, is confronting the guy, and he's like, you're hiding Jews, aren't you? He, he, he's speaking French to try and appease the guy and try and be right. nice. He's like, I'm sorry, but I'm afraid I've used up all... Of, and he's speaking French. He's like, I've used up all of, all of my knowledge of the French language. Do you mind if we switch to English? And yeah. then he says, all right, fine. And then they switch to English. Like, there, there's a logic to it that I... So many of these movies, whenever they, they bother with the, with the... To have foreign languages, they just like... We're freewheeling it, just whatever... You feel like speaking English? It's fine. Just do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, once again, not a deal breaker. Not not like, this is the chink in the armor that takes this movie down. But it's just something I noticed. That's such a weird thing. So, that would be one of your big, biggest nitpicks with Wonder Woman. Correct? Yes. One of your biggest nitpicks with Wonder Woman. Not nitpicks in that scenario. One of your biggest problems with Wonder Woman is also the CGI. Yes. Um... That one's. Kind of, I mean, I've and the fact that I'm criticizing both of these makes me a sexist and a racist. Right. No, I'm just. I'm just. And I'm. I'm not saying I disagree <laughs> with those, those problems either. It's just. It's interesting that those both line up in the same way. They were both very praised for their cultural impact and kind of what they meant as movies. Yeah. I don't know. It's just very interesting that like there's a lot of similar issues. It's just that this has a much stronger villain. I don't like things that are different. That's fair. <laughs> That's why I don't like 2001. It's too different for me. Yep. <laughs> and by that I mean I don't think I could consider that a movie. But <laughs> that's for another day. That's mm-hmm. for another day. Do we have anything else we want to talk about? I've I've kind of covered most most of the points I wanted to address with it. Um, I still think this is a good movie. I just don't I don't I don't think it's quite the 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 superhero masterpiece that most people make it out to be. Yeah, like if I'm talking MCU films, I'm. I don't. Think well, it's interesting even, that I don't think this would even crack the top five for me. It would probably be in the top ten MCU films. Yes, but yes, <laughs> I think almost by default. We all, we watch a bunch of semi crap. Yeah, yeah, and this is not that. Because like, well, let's just let's just since this is in the middle power of the rankings. Yeah, power rankings. We're in the middle. Oh, of, no, we're just bringing up the MCU again. We're not going to touch on it again for another couple months when Infinity War comes out. Thank goodness. Um, and then we're just going to say, isn't Infinity War the greatest movie ever made? That's correct, because Infinity War is my favorite. Um, mine would personally be, be Infinity War, Civil War. Let me think about this. I don't even know if these are going to line up with our... Uh, I do think mine would actually go like grade-wise for this. I think that's how I would how I would rank them, by the grades that I give them. I know, a lot, of, I know a lot of times where I'm like, my top ten list... They're not all A pluses. Some of them yeah. aren't even like A minuses. Some of yeah. them are like in the B range, but they're yeah. my favorites. Like this, I feel like it, it would be pretty much according to yeah. my whatever my grade is. Yeah. We don't have to go all the way down the list. I just want to do the top ten to see how we feel about that. No. Or should should we do our Black Panther grades first? Probably. 
What are you going? I don't know. I'm 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 at the same place where I was after we watched the movie, which is somewhere between B and B minus. I'm at a B plus. Okay. And it's interesting. It's very interesting to compare this to Iron Man, because Iron Man I think is largely a movie that is in. If I give this B minus, a B minus is the exact same grades we also gave Wonder Woman. That's funny. <laughs> Before I changed my grade to a C for Wonder Woman. Oh. Back when we retconned yeah. it in our hundredth episode. Because that movie's okay. <laughs> I would. I probably should have maybe taken that down a half letter grade. I don't know. I can still change it. Oh, you Wonder Woman? You Wonder Woman. Okay. Yes. No, no, no. Black Panther. I'm sorry. We can still change it's, it. It's one of those things. This is very similar to. Uh, I'm I'm glad we watched Infinity War before we reviewed Last Jedi. I think I was a lot higher on Last Jedi before we watched Infinity War because <laughs> we we talked about that in the Last Jedi review. I think did we? Did we? I don't remember. I have. I know we have at least discussed that there are a lot of interesting parallels there, mostly with regards to the theme of failure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, there, well, there's there's quite a few different things, um, but it's the same sort of thing where it's like you watch a movie like that and you're like, oh, that was great, and then you watch a movie that does that thing but better, and you're like, oh, wait, maybe maybe I was a little too too ju- jump the gun a little quick there. Well, I don't know. Apparently, we're we're like. We're just all over the place because we didn't like Deadpool two as much as everyone else, but we we really enjoyed Solo. True. Fun fact: we like Solo. Go see it while it's <laughs> still fun. Struggling while it still exists. It. Yeah, yeah. Before George Lucas just burned it. <laughs> I don't know how George feels about this. There's probably sure. they, somebody probably asked him, right? I don't know. Can anyone find him? I know he's, he's an international man of mystery. I think they've had him show up to like the premieres and stuff. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. No, no. I have to look into that. Anyway. Um. But going back to comparing Black Panther to Iron Man, I feel like Iron Man is a generally a movie, like a range movie. Yeah. That is brought that for me was brought I brought it down to a B plus because of the villain. This is a movie that I think is generally more of a, a B B minus, maybe even C plus movie that's brought up to a B plus because of the villain. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna go B right now. Okay. That, yeah, that, um, that seems fair. Like I said, most of my problems. Were I kind of get the feeling that you like it more than Wonder Woman, so that yeah. That plays. Well, I do. No, I, I even compared to your initial. Well, just, just put it this way: I own Black Panther. I don't own sure. Wonder Woman, and I don't plan on buying it. How did we watch that? Didn't we rent it or something? No, no, no. Because that was we we watched that while it was still in theaters, or not while it was still in theaters, but we we like. I don't think we did. We rewatch it? Yeah, I guess we did. We probably rented it. I don't know what's happening. We watched it while yeah, Justice League yeah, was Yeah, we, we rented it. Yeah. Yeah, we rented it. Anyway. We did not illegally stream it. It's fine. Like we will be doing for the Hobbit movies. What? <laughs> See, Tyler's going to say, oh, hey, I went ahead and bought them. Each one was like 30 cents to rent. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be like, okay, that sounds logical. Correct. That sounds completely Outside, realistic. Out of mind. Right. The extended editions, too. Yeah, it was only like five cents more than the theatrical yeah. versions. All right, top ten. Go. Well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go B right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of... I, I had a lot of criticisms about the movie, but most of them are nitpicks. Yeah. I, I do feel like some slight restructuring and some, some changes to the action sequences, and this could be an A movie. Mm-hmm. It's not quite there, and I feel like Ryan Coogler... He, he can sort of learn from from his experience with this and make a better movie next time. I, I'm excited for. I'm probably more excited for Black Panther two than I am for Wonder Woman two. Also, much. extra positive. 
they come up with a very good reason for why the villain dies at the end. Yep. Oh, that's that scene. As opposed to just, oh, hey, you like this villain? Okay, he's not coming back. Mm -hmm. Like, they come up with a story Or he'll come back 15 movies later in a random cameo for seemingly no reason, but it's also pretty cool. Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) I don't know if it actually makes sense, but, you know, it's (laughs) fine. Yeah, uh, no, I Fan service is a wonderful thing. It's super powerful that the fact that he dies at the end of this and it's his kind of like choice where he's like... Well, it sticks with his philosophy. No. Again. Where he's like, I don't want to be a slave. I don't want to be a prisoner. Very much an origin movie structure, choice, and everything. It's just executed very, very well compared to a lot of other origin movies. Is Killmonger the best villain in the MCU? Yes. Well... Aside from Thanos, because you love yes. Thanos more than anything on this planet. Um, I, I literally think that... Because what, what came out before Black Panther? What was the last movie? That was Thor Ragnarok. Yes. Okay. Mm. Spider-Man was before. Almost. Almost there. Because we got Guardians 2. We got... so If we're averaging it, Phase 3 has the best villains. Yes. By far. By, by far. Hela is still... Um, Hela? I don't remember. Kate Blanchett is still... Uh, like one of the best of the of the non like actually good villains <laughs> if, if that makes any sense like if we're just putting all those villains that are literally just based on is their performance good into a pile yeah. she's she's near the top um i still think lee pace beats her out <laughs> i would agree i would agree but she's she's near the top I said mainly because we have a weird obsession with lee yes, pace <laughs> exactly um and also we hate women so there's that uh oh yeah <laughs> Um, Why do you think I kept criticizing Eowyn in the past couple of Lord of the Rings movies? It makes sense. It all makes sense now. Even though I said I liked her character arc, just not the Aragorn <laughs> obsession part. Um, anyway, it, aside from putting taking her out and putting her mate, if if Thor Ragnarok had come out before Guardians two, I think we would just be on an, an incredible run of just improvement over across these these last few. Because Guardians two, you had like Kurt Russell was already great. He's sort of writing the line between actually a really good complex character and great performance. Yeah. And then, of course, Michael Keaton, actually an amazing villain. Yeah. Followed by Killmonger, followed by Thanos. Like, that's... that Those three right there are just... Yeah. Um, they, they, I think they finally figured out how to kind of improve on on the issues that they've had which is fascinating because that's something that a lot of people have said is that like one of their biggest issues with the mcu and i i think it's very very valid up until the last this last round of movies um it's just that that specifically like finally turned it around i'm making my power rankings right now it's fine we're all fine here now How are we doing? Top, top, top ten. Top ten. Okay. Oh my god. All right, I've got my top six. Okay. So far. We're moving on. Moving on. Should put in a time code for when we actually start talking about our power <laughs> rankings. <laughs> like thirty minutes later. Let's see what we got here. Well, I guess Black Panther is in. Yeah, it's kind of what I figured. Yeah, we were talking about MCU top ten. That yeah. I think that would be pretty obviously in there. If you get to Black Panther, we can just stop there. Okay. I guess that was the purpose. Well, my top eight <laughs> okay. includes Iron Man as number eight, or no, Iron Man, Black Panther. Okay. Of 
these movies are the same. Run, run it down. Let's let's hear. It. So my no- see the score sheet while you do that. Oh my god. <laughs> my number one right now is Infinity War. Um, right. And I've seen it three times so far, and right. I think I'm sitting in an A, not quite A plus. Mm-hmm. I have minor issues with it. Um, two and three kind of tied. Winter Soldier and uh, Civil War, I kind of think, are the exact same in terms of overall quality. Um, I have Civil War slightly ahead of it. Um, mostly because I think Civil War is slightly more memorable than Winter mm-hmm. Soldier. Um, but I really like Winter Soldier. And following those, uh, in the fourth spot, I have Avengers, then Spider-Man Homecoming, then the first Iron Man, Guardians 2, and Black Panther. So Ant-Man is not <laughs> no. Well, Ant-Man could be in my top ten. It's, it's between that, Age of Ultron, and whatever the other B-minus is that I have. Guardians. Guardians. First Guardians. Which Ant-Man might beat out the first Guardians for me. Just in terms My of question which... is, does Ant-Man beat out Iron Man for me? <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> not, not quite there. Um, it might beat out this, though. I really like Ant-Man. <laughs> Ants! Um, so, Ant-Man! So I'm, I'm just kind of like looking through real quick. If they Star don't... Wars The Last Jedi is in my top ten. <laughs> um... <laughs> Let me thank you because. Okay, I forgot. I did forget how much I like homecoming. That's interesting. See, I w- so yeah, I would say, Civil or er, Infinity War is my favorite. That's one. That's like your favorite movie ever. That might be my favorite movie ever. Civil War is two. Um. Then probably Avengers. Then I would say Winter Soldier. So that's five. It may not actually be in my top five. Um. I'm looking through what else is there. Homecoming, probably. I probably put Homecoming ahead of Winter Soldier, just personal preference. I, okay. I, Winter Soldier is probably a better movie, but I like Homecoming. Okay. Um. So that's six. This is riveting audio. I realize. Guardians two would be seven. Our power rankings are very similar. Iron Man would be eight. Our power rankings are and very then, similar. Um. I'm choosing between Iron Man, or I'm choosing between Ant Man, Black Panther, and Thor Ragnarok, and I think, yeah, I'd probably get to Black Panther, <laughs> all of the, all of those. So, yeah, and then Ant Man would be ten. <laughs> Fair enough. I don't think I'm missing anything. Yeah. Ant Man might actually be my number ten. I, it might be Age of Ultron's number nine, and then yeah. Ant Man's number ten, yeah. and then Guardians is eleven. I guess yeah. I don't know. Yeah, so I was gonna say I feel like that would be it would be very hard for Black Panther not to be in either of our, our top ten. But yeah, I'm sure there are people who are like, "Why do you like all of those movies more?" And I, I, we we discussed this for for a while. We, you, you can listen to everything you just listened to, and then you can understand where we're coming from. I think um, still good. I mean, all of those movies I just listed are movies I very much enjoy. So yeah, good stuff mm-hmm. oh no now we're doing the Hobbit movies <laughs> no bad oh stuff do the thing you can find us online at herecomethesequels.blogspot.com you can find us on through email at herecomethesequels at gmail.com you can find us on twitter at hctsequels and you can find us on itunes and youtube just, just give Here Come the Sequels a search yep and like subscribe give us good reviews i don't yeah, use things that sounds good 
Okay. That's nice. <laughs> yeah. Anything else? I think, I think we're good. We're, ne- we're, next week we will be reviewing we're in. The Hobbit and Unexpected Journey, the extended edition. Uh-huh. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. That's a lie. It's not going to be good. Okay, now you're speaking. <laughs> All right, everybody. Artist Thanks. objective. Thanks. Art, nothing is real. Thanks for listening. <laughs>